Welcome to Umami Conversation. We would like to acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg and Kanihuakwa or Mohawk peoples on whose land we are recording today. Miigwech. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. It is Umami Conversations, one word, and on Twitter under Umami underscore convos with an s at the end enjoy this episode be blessed hello 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 my beautiful listeners actually we're recording this audio on a very very special day we are tuesday the 8th of march and it is women international day here with me i have a very special guest we have our beautiful michelle gardner <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. How how are you doing, Michelle? How is everything? Mm. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, you know, it's been quite a big day. I'm in Bali, so your morning is um my my night. My yeah. night. So I was saying this in a on a post um just the other day, but normally International Women's Day, it's kind of like, oh yeah, cool. It's a normal day, like I go to work or whatever, and I um I might post something that feels a bit heartfelt or political or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part it's just a normal day whereas this year it feels very different it's sort of Mm. there's been a lot more of a buzz um, around me I suppose and Mm -hmm. it's kind of come from the outside and um, at some point it's only like a week ago I was like oh gee what am I actually gonna do for International Women's Day like I'd had a few people approach me and say can we do things and I was like okay Mm -hmm. but then I was like what am I doing on my own platform as well so Mm -hmm. that was almost the afterthought yeah so it's it's been um a really beautiful day, a really beautiful day. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. And yes, as you've heard, she is all the way in Bali. Um, we're recording this on Eastern time here. So it's 8 a.m. But on her side, well, it's 8.48. And on her side, it's, is it 9? 9.48? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Michelle, <laughs> we definitely appreciate you taking the time um, to sit down with us and having a very honest conversation on um on yourself a bit on yourself and a bit on also um the magic that you are doing in this world with the aspire series in which we're going to dive in a little bit um into today so before we get into the conversation i'd like to just read a little bit about who Michelle is or a bit about what she does. Michelle is the director of the Aspire series including Aspire Soiree, Aspire Society and the Aspire Summit. She is an author, recognized leader, and international speaker dedicated to pioneering social change as well as teaching her mythology and helping women facilitate change in their communities. Michelle has a comprehensive career in the industry spanning over 15 years, working in the challenging Australian child protection and community sector. Her life's work, Living Legacy and the Aspire Movement, has ultimately been about supporting children, young people, and families through some of their most vulnerable life experiences. This is a little bit, this is very, very little (laughs) about who Michelle is and the wonders that she is doing on this earth. So Michelle, let's, let's really just dive in. So I I read a bit more about you. We recently actually just got connected because we're on the same uh, coaching program and we recently got connected. And what touched me so much about 
what I've read concerning you is the story that you share about this young woman. I know we're going in straight and hard, but that sadly lost her life at a very young age. I just want us to kind of dive in a little bit more deeper in that conversation as to like, what was it that really hit you when you heard about that, that young lady? Yeah. It's, um, it's funny, I haven't thought about that story for a little while, actually. Um, yeah, I can give you a bit of a backstory. Um, it was actually at a debutante ball, um, and I never did my debutante when I was a teenager. And, um, and debutantes aren't as big in Australia as they are in other places. But um, they, this um, basically young person I was working with, he's, um, he'd advocated really strongly for this debutante ball to happen. And... Um, because they were going to cancel it. And these kids that have been in out-of-home care. So often mm. um, the reason originally for the debutante ball happening was that often um, a lot of the young people that I worked with, like they had dropped out of school or they had like mm. trauma going on or other things going on that meant that they couldn't do a lot of the things that normal teenagers got to do and become like an are really specially important part of being a, an adolescent. Mm-hmm. And um so he had advocated really strongly for um, this ball to happen. A new commissioner had um, come on board and she decided that she didn't want this to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, he on the day, his, um, his dance partner pulled out at about 11 a.m. for that day for the mm-hmm. debut ball. And, um, and he rang my boss and he was absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I'm not doing it, da-da-da. And she got off the phone. And she said to me, I was the only other person in the office, and she said mm. to me, um, you know, what are, what are we going to do? Like, you know, no one else knows the dance. Yeah. There aren't any other available partners, so on and so forth. And I was just like, I'll do it. Mm. <laughs> and my boss said, what are you talking about? She's like, it's today. And she was like, do you have a white dress? And I was like, no. Yeah. Um, and she was like, where are you going to get a white dress? I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> at me like I'm crazy and then she's yeah. like do you know the dancers and I'm like no yeah. and she's like well how are you gonna do it and I was like well I don't know I'm a dancer how hard can it be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll <laughs> so, just get on the dance floor <laughs> so I literally literally jumped on Facebook put like a little two sentence thing saying who do I know who has a white dress like ball or wedding kind of style mm-hmm. uh on a, appropriate for a debutante ball but um they can drop to me in the city by 2 p.m. today in this mm-hmm. size. I had a wow. girl message straight away who I knew through de- through my own dancing and she used to do modelling for a, um, a wedding company and she messaged and she said, yes, I'm at home now. I'm on my way into work. I start work at 2 p.m. I have two dresses in that exact size wow. and I have two tiaras, gloves um, and jewellery that you can borrow as well. Look at that. She delivered them to me in the city and I was there like surrounded by like white fluff with like all these (laughs) teenage girls who were getting their hair and their makeup done and nails and all the things. Mm -hmm. And and he was still refusing to come. Um, I'm not coming, I'm not coming, I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. And I was just sending him messages going, I'm getting my hair done, I'm watching the the video, learning the dances Mm -hmm. and... He ended up showing up and he was really um, upset about the whole thing um, because it was his best friend that had pulled out. Right. And um, so this was, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was a really big, a really big deal. It was this a big day. deal, yeah. Um, 
a big deal um, for a lot of young people. I think like 30 young people or something. And um, anyway, during the day, and it was a, it sounds really weird, but it was a big deal for me as well because as a teenager, like um, there are a few things that I missed out on or a few things yeah. that, um, you know, I felt that I came from a family where, um, or I did come from a family where, you know, neither of my parents finished high school. Mm. And for them, like the furthest they could see what, see for their kids further as they could see ahead mm-hmm. was um kids finishing high school yeah. and they were just like we hope you finish high school like with a sense of fear it wasn't even excitement it was just like we just hope you finish high school because mm. you won't get a job otherwise mm. like that was the messaging that I grew that up with got, yeah yeah and so I remember the day I came home and told my mum and dad that I wanted to go to university they just they were so shocked they just wow. said are you smart enough to go to university <laughs> that's so interesting because it was so far outside their realm of what was possible. So this kind of image that was given around our future and what was possible for us was quite small. It was small. It was very limited. Incredibly limited. And so a lot of the young people that I worked with, um, that was their experience as well, Mm. was that, um, you know, they're given a small little box of what's possible and everything outside that they're often told, no, you can't do that because you've experienced too much trauma or, you know, whatever the thing is, or you've missed too much school or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So anyway, on the debutante day, and I hadn't done my debutante before, so I was a 33-year-old debutante, Mm -hmm. um, I was on the dance floor with all the other people and this girl got up, beautiful, beautiful girl, and she she was the one giving the um, the speech, Mm -hmm. um, whatever you call it, um, the special speech, and she was talking about how um, how important it is for young people to challenge these stereotypes and stigmas mm-hmm. and um, ideas around what other people think is possible for you. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I'm a mosquito. Um, and mm-hmm. <laughs> Bali life. And the heat and, of Bali, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was um, talking about, you know, the, the importance of really pushing the boundaries of this stuff because... Mm-hmm it's so important that young people in these situations actually make a stand and do that through doing the things that are seen as being impossible um, or outside their realm. And that's the way that they pave the way for other young people and also show the outside world that, you know, we're not actually limited because of something that's happened in our past that wasn't even our fault. That's right. Yeah. Like really. Yeah. And she was just such a strong, incredible, incredible speaker. So wise and um yeah just bright and I was just I was blown away by her and I think everyone in that room was blown away by her Mm. and she spoke about how um like one of the questions that all of the young people were asked was you know when you're 30 um where do you want to be and she had said that she wanted to be travel around traveling around the world as an entrepreneur and she wanted to be married yeah and um and she wanted to be wealthy and um I remember just thinking, wow, like I haven't even done that yet. At that mm. point, I hadn't left Australia for more than a few months um, mm. at a time. Yeah, I was just really amazed. So what happened uh, about maybe six months, it would have been about six to nine months later, um, she turned 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if it's the same in the US and Canada, but it used to be um, in Australia that the day that you turn 18, all of mm. the supports, professional supports, step out of your life because yeah. you're no longer a, a ward of the state, essentially. Yes. Um, or 
seen as being in care. Um, so you're you're an adult and you're on your own. Exactly. Yeah. And so for this young woman, she was able to cope really, really well. Um, and you know, see all these incredible, amazing possibilities for herself mm-hmm. when she had all of this support and mm-hmm. all these people around her that were kind of holding her in some way. When all of those people pulled out on her 19th birthday, she Makes she ended sense. her life. Yeah. And it was a huge, huge, huge shock to the the child protection system and the, the service system that I worked in. Mm-hmm. And there ended up being um, across various states across Australia. They ended up um, advocating for the laws to be changed and to be um, for it to be made that young people had a lot more support until they were at least twenty one, if not further, right. to give them a little bit more space to actually be able to resolve some of the trauma and stuff. Because exactly, you know- <laughs> it's like pulling a fish out of water, like just instantly and just leaving it there on the boat to figure it out um themselves and it it makes sense because community is is so key right when you are surrounded by people for a a very long period of time you get you're you're used to it those are the your your backbone so i i definitely understand how a, a young woman will feel like she's now all alone because literally it's not what it felt like it is what it was and what she experienced you know and it's it's really sad um that unfortunately the system that we the type of system that we live in they don't necessarily look at that um they most of the time just look at the numbers <laughs> and look at the budget you know and 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 it's a fact right um not thinking about the mental health and um, other things that could play uh, during such a separation, you know, and from from what you've shared, Michelle, I feel like community for you has become a big thing, mm. you know. Um, yeah. So because of what happened to this young woman, is that one of the main reasons why you decided to step into um, creating Aspire mm-hmm. and building a community around it? Yes. Yeah. So it's one of the one of the reasons. There are many, many, many reasons and many layers to it. Okay. Um, so there was that component. There was also the, there was actually, the, the death was one thing. Um, okay. The other thing was there were probably about three or four deaths that had happened, with, that happened after that um, within oh, wow. a 12-month period that, for all women who were, it felt like they weren't so different to me. Mm. And for me, like I've always loved what I've done. I've always absolutely loved being a social worker. Mm. But I had kind of this growing sense of, I don't know if I would say separation, but a growing sense of there's something else that I can be doing. Um, I've always felt that there is some kind of leadership role for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever I had stepped, tried to step into that space within another organization or with other people or whatever it had never quite panned out and Mm -hmm. so I was reaching this point where I was like if I don't do this for myself um and actually take ownership fully over creating something of my own then it's not going to happen yeah um and so it was I guess there was that legacy piece of it as well in terms Mm -hmm. of you know for years I had thought I'm not old enough to do something like this or I'm not this or I'm not that or da 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 And all of a sudden I just started thinking, wow, like at what point are you old enough? Like there actually isn't a thing. And the thing is, time yeah. is 
time is ticking on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Time waits so for is, no one. Totally, totally. So there was that side of it um, and a readiness as well. Mm. Um, I loved the organisation that I worked for. I absolutely loved it so much. There were so many pieces of it. I was like, I just, I, I was very, very aligned with Um and it was actually a, a business coach who said to me um, once when she was chatting to me on the phone, she was, it was basically she was getting to know me and she said, you know, tell me about something you love. And I just raved and raved and raved about my work. And she said, okay, but you want to have your own business? And I was like, yes, I do. And she said, well, why don't we take the model that you work under, take what you love and make it make a version of that that's your own and that ended up being so much of what aspire um is and yes. you know i for a long time i was like okay i've got to keep the two things separate separate but the more and more that time goes on the more and more that aspire is basically my old job even the messaging and all of that kind of stuff in so many ways is my old job and that i think is what has worked for me mm. um is that I've taken something that I already know, I understand, and that mm. I love, and I know works, even right. though you could look at it and go, well, why would, like the organisation I used to work with was aimed at children and young adults right. and them having a voice within the child protection and out-of-home care sector. Mm-hmm. Why would adult women who, a lot of the women that I'm working with are kind of 40s and onwards, how would they, how would those two things correlate? Relate, yeah. When you think about it, everyone wants a voice. Everyone wants to feel heard. Yes. Everyone wants to feel like they belong. Everyone has a, an innate desire from the yeah. time we're born to be a part of community. Yes. Everyone um, has a story also. Absolutely has a story. Everyone has a yeah. need for connection. Everyone has a need to express themselves. Everyone has a need to feel like they matter and they account to something far bigger than themselves, yeah. regardless of what situation you've come from or how old you are or mm-hmm. where in the world you exist. So really it's not that different and we're not that different yeah. when you look at it from that angle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the original question was around community. I think by nature um, there's something uh, in me that I I love community. I absolutely love community. I love being a part of community. I love people's stories. I love you know, bringing people together and um, doing it in a way where ev- each person celebrates and embraces one another, another. and mm-hmm. feels like they're a part of something that they don't feel that different to the person beside them, if you know what I mean. I definitely know what feel, you mean. Also feel like they have a sense of uniqueness in them as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's largely about Aspire and how it's come about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, innately we tell stories. Innately we, sh- we enjoy sharing pieces of who we are and mm-hmm. we enjoy hearing about pieces of who other people are. Yeah. yeah. A large it, part it comes in line with one of the reasons I, I also created this platform, right, because um, <clears throat> um, a, bit, a bit like you, I, I started off with like a little woman's women's group um and i realized that as women we literally go through the same thing it might look differently but we experience a lot of the same um the same situations the same circumstances the same failures the same victories but nobody was talking about it nobody was sharing about it unless maybe it was like a one-on-one but on like a, a bigger platform or just um, in a community, I didn't really see that happening. So I guess for me, with the years, it it brought me to create 
Umami Conversation, this podcast, where we could all sit down and have conversations um, reminding one another that we're not so different from each other, that my story and your story, they correlate one way or the other. You know, they're somewhat parallel. And um, I think that's one of the beautiful things about Aspire. And Michelle, let's let's look at the importance of of sharing our stories, um, because I've I've met a number of women that have the most incredible, impactful, life changing stories, but they keep it to themselves. Mm. They they just keep it to themselves unless you meet somebody like you and I that will. <laughs> sit down with them maybe one day, you know, over coffee, and then they open up and they share. And you tell them, you need to tell more people about this. For you, what why is it important for us to share our stories, mm. especially as women? Yeah, yeah. You know, I have so much evidence of how a big part of what I care about is around social change and social impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's something that's spoken about enough in business I think more so it's being spoken about but um from what I have seen and experienced stories create the greatest impact I could I could get up and talk about any issue or any topic and it would have nowhere near as much power or reach ever as one person getting up and sharing their personal story yeah. No amount of statistics, no amount of anything else um, would account to as much power um, coming across as a person sharing their story. And the reason for that is because not only does that person sharing their story have the opportunity to draw something out from inside and um, give it a voice, they also they get to see um, whatever it is that they need to see in their own story, but the world also gets to see that as well. And the world then has that reflected within themselves Mm. and it touches them in a place that moves and shifts things in a very different way um, to anything that the mind could ever comprehend. Mm. Um, In terms of people sharing their story, you know, I used to um, sit with a lot of young people and, um, we would write out their story and quite often there'd be some really, really big stuff in there, like really mm-hmm. big stuff. And every now and then I would come across a young person who may have had a really positive experience mm-hmm. um, in care and they would say, oh, you know, there's no point in me sharing my story. Like I don't have anything terrible or traumatic or whatever to say. And I would say, you know what, there actually is just as much value and importance in your positive story and there is in one that's all about you know the overcoming and the you know all of that kind of stuff because there is so much in your story about what we can look up to Mm. and what we can recreate because something has obviously worked really well for you and um I found that a bit with 55 as well like every now and then I'll come across a woman who will say oh you know I'm not that interesting or I don't much to share Mm -hmm. but when you dig a little bit and you get a bit curious Mm -hmm. there's always something absolutely always something like I was sitting with this Balinese woman today and she her husband is incredibly successful Mm -hmm. and um and very well known Mm -hmm. and she was just like oh you know I'm just a housewife like there's not much 
there's not much about me. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, how has your husband been able to be so successful? Who's mm-hmm. been who's been the one that's, you know, created life so that he can do what he does? He does, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Then we started digging into that and now it turns out she's been married for 25 years. I'm like, well, what wisdom and advice do you have to share about what it's like being married for 25 years? Mm. So, you know, there's always something. There's always something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, always, always. And we've all got pieces. I don't believe that any one of us has all of the pieces of the puzzle. I don't care who in the hell you are in the universe. Mm -hmm. We've all got pieces of the puzzle and Mm. it's so, so, so important that we each help each other fill in the other our I own yeah yeah. Ooh, yeah i love that we all have bits and pieces of the puzzle and it's up to each one of us to fill in each other's gaps to fill in the pieces wow that's so deep michelle i'm just like reflecting on that i am reflecting on this right now and you're so right you are so right because um for like back to you and i your piece of my puzzle and I'm piece of, of your puzzle, you know, creating this global puzzle that we have, you know, and um, your story it, it, it and what you're doing in this world, it's it's just really beautiful. I just I want to find out. I know this is a question that you usually throw to to the women, but I want to ask you, what story do you want changed about women? Oh, women. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. When I first started 55, um, the question was, what is the story you would next like rewritten for women? Mm-hmm. And I had not a lot, but maybe three out of the 55 really reflect on it and say, I don't actually want anything rewritten because we wouldn't be here where we are mm. if something had been different in the past. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's when I changed it to what is the story you would like next written? What's the next story? What's the next mm. evolution? And I wrote a piece around um, this. Uh, I answered the questions myself, but only after I had a bunch of other women answer them. I was like, maybe mm-hmm. I should actually go through these. And I sat with them and I was like, these questions are big. Mm-hmm. They are. <laughs> they really are. I'm still reflecting like, on mine. <laughs> they're like three of the biggest questions we could ask. Yeah. So, yeah, what is the story that I like rewritten? Oh, gosh, I don't even know if it's true from what I did say at the time. But what I did say at the time was um, there are a few things. One was that I really, really, really want women to follow their intuition Mm, and listen, 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 and to keep reattuning, reattuning, reattuning. And it's actually interesting um, tapping into that right now Mm -hmm. Um, because integrity is something that I hold dear to my heart and I love and trust but sometimes and this is the same with intuition as well and I think a lot of things sometimes we don't know what it feels like to be on course until we know Mm. what it feels like to be off course yeah so I feel that we've all got like this internal barometer that kind of guides and directs us and if we think of it Mm. as being like a compass if you think of a compass as being one degree off it doesn't feel like it's a big a big deal Mm. but when you look at you know if I wanted to get to Canada from Bali mm-hmm. and my compass is one degree off, I'm probably not going to get to Canada. Yeah. I'm going to end up in, I don't know, where's somewhere else that's somewhere. not Canada. South <laughs> um, America or something. I don't yeah. know. That's probably like way in more. In the Caribbean fun. somewhere. Yeah, in the Caribbean. <laughs> so it it actually, it's like this constant course re-navigation mm-hmm. um, and constant tapping in and kind of going, 
is this still tapping in with yourself and your intuition, but is this still um, is this still on point for me? And is this still aligned with my inner compass or have I kind of missed the boat somewhere and I need to redirect? Yeah. Um, so I think that's one part of it. Another part that I um, said at the time was around that whole concept of, you know, if you see another woman and their crown's crooked, then you straighten it. Um, and just like the way that we back and support and encourage each other. I but then that. I put it in with that as well because I realise that sometimes a woman wouldn't want a straight crown if she's intentionally set it crooked and mm-hmm. she's a bit of a rebel and she's like, I don't want a straight crown. Mm-hmm. So then how do we still celebrate that mm-hmm. um, and go, yeah, cool, go, lady, like you don't want a straight crown. <laughs> then keep it crooked, Hannah, but I'm still behind you type of thing. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there are a lot of so many different things, so many things I would love rewritten and messages I would love for women to hear. Um, you know, whatever you want to create is possible. Get the support yes. behind you. Absolutely get the support behind you. I'm a strong believer um, in three things around this. Mm-hmm. One is um, opportunity, possibility and support. So if you marry those three things up and you create spaces that have those three things in them, like that's where magic happens where people feel like they have the opportunity or opportunities are provided for people. Um, They have the support to reach them. And they also, um, what was the other one? (laughs) Opportunity, possibility, possibility. Possibility. Yeah, they're given the sense and they learn to feel the sense within themselves that this is actually possible for me um, and this is possible in this space and this is possible in my life. Um, And they learn to feel that and believe that for themselves. I do feel that there uh, is a point in time sometimes that comes Mm. before that where as space holders we need to hold that possibility and opportunity and possibility, opportunity. Yeah, we need to hold it and belief. belief. We need to hold it for people until they um, can come to see it and feel it and experience themselves and to verbalise it and go, actually, I now can hold this um, for myself and I now see this as being possible for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I really love that. So opportunities, possibility, and support. Michelle, what would you tell your younger self after everything that you've experienced? Yeah, yeah, sure. So if I was that 17-year-old again, oh, gosh. You know, I'm not quite sure where this is going, but I'm going to say it anyway and trust that it comes out. Yeah, you spoke about intuition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tap <exactly>. in. <laughs> You know, I've always wanted to be a mother. More than anything else, I've always wanted to be a mother. And um, I know that that's not every woman's experience or how every woman feels, but for me that's how that's that's the thing that's kind of like shaking up inside and like made me want to cry thinking about it. And um, I'm not a mother yet, mm-hmm. not a mother of a child. However, something I would love for each um, woman to know Um, from a very young age is that motherhood can look a million and one different ways and that's not even just with human babies motherhood is creation Motherhood. (laughs) motherhood is creating an orchard motherhood is creating an enterprise motherhood is creating your own monarchy motherhood is standing um and giving the opportunity for you know young people who have had a pretty rough start in life to be 
recreated themselves um, or to grow into themselves more fully. Yeah, motherhood is so, 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 so many different things. And I would encourage that 17-year-old to actually I would I would support that seven I wouldn't say encourage or even tell her because I don't think she'd be able to comprehend. But mm. speaking around the space that we create, mm. I would give her that opportunity at a really, really young age to understand that and to know, you know, I remember, you know, I remember in my VCE being given this book of all the possible careers that you could have. Mm-hmm. And I remember flicking through it and going, but what if I don't want any of these? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, then what? Then what? Exactly. <laughs> then what? Um, and I also remember being told, you know, you have to do VCE maths because, yeah. you know, you can't go anywhere in life without VCE maths. I haven't used VCE maths. Uh, VCE mm-hmm. is, you know, your year 11 and 12. Your year 11 and 12, okay. In Australia, in Victoria, in Melbourne, where I'm from. Um, So I I mean, imagine if, I don't know, imagine if there were like schools or spaces that were, well, I guess there are a lot more these days, that Mm -hmm. were purely about developing young women's entrepreneurial capacity and their creative capacity and to get them thinking and dreaming and imagining as far and wide and as crazy as they possibly can and then going, yeah, cool. Now, how do we make that a reality? Wow. Mm. Michelle, yeah. you, you, you just sparked something in me <laughs> with that statement <laughs> that motherhood is creation. I like there's so much going through my mind right now. I don't even know where to start telling you because, <laughs> you know, just like you said that if there were or like, yes, obviously right now there's a little bit more space where um, young men and women could go and learn about entrepreneurship and really tap into that creative part of them and, you know, bring out um, the the gift things that, that they have. But I was just thinking like, if for me and, and my culture, um, coming from an African background, if we have, if we stop emphasizing on equating motherhood to having children, I think a lot of young women right now would not be as confused as they are, would not feel like they don't matter, will not feel like um, they haven't fulfilled their dream, will not go and marry someone because they need to be a mother. Um, you know, or or just have babies just like that because they need to feel that, you know, motherhood um, notion and understanding that it's not about giving physical birth to a baby, but it's about birthing who you are in a project. It's about birthing your life story. You know, it's about birthing your um, just that creative aspect of you, because we're all creators. I, I'm a big believer that the, the creator lives in us. The divine lives in us. So if the divine and the creator lives in us, then what else? <laughs> create. <laughs> create. Yes, we're create. here to birth and we're here to create. <laughs> Give birth. Exactly. And and that's what we're here for, right? Um, and that statement, I'm, I'm going to write that statement on my wall and always <laughs> remind myself that motherhood being a mother does not always equate giving birth to a a human Mm. to another human and i think this is a statement that a lot of women need to walk with 
and to really understand in their in their all the way to their subconscious. Um, because sadly, a lot of us have been really thrown um, this notion that you need to give birth as a woman. You're not woman enough if you don't have a child. Oh, you're 40 and you're still you're still not married. You're still you still don't have a child yet. You're 45. You're this age. You're that. You're this. And all of these things our society has created to to make women feel lesser than they are, you know. But I think the more that we tap into that intuition that you spoke about and really listen to the within us creation creation definitely will will start happening even more yeah yeah and it's um such a gosh I feel like I want to say it's such a magical time in um in the world where I feel like there was like a story about who women were in the 50s and a story about who they were in the 60s the 70s the 80s yeah the 90s yeah. 2015, I won't say later than that because I, who knows where we even have been for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, there's definitely, there definitely is this space opening up for women and it doesn't have to be attached to, you know, like, yes, there are still a lot of inequalities, yeah. um, a lot of injustices, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But us showing what it is to be a woman in power and yes. a woman doing epic things in the world. It doesn't have to be us fighting for, you know, law change or, you know, rallying or burning bras or mm. like it can be those things mm. um, or it doesn't have to be us, you know, suiting up and showing that we can raise four kids while mm-hmm. being a power woman. Mm-hmm. Um and all of that either. It doesn't have to be us being like a goddessy particular image either. Mm-hmm. Um, it can literally be us stepping into the reality that we we can just create. Mm. Like we create and we can create whatever we want, however we want, in any kind of way. Like there are more possibilities than ever. I think um I think that we kind of we're tapping into that. It's um there um I think there's there's still a lag sometimes in the self-belief stuff and the yeah. self-trust. I think yeah. the conversations that I've had in the last few weeks have they've all somehow come back to self-trust and mm. um, um, intuition. And I think yeah. those I really firmly believe that those two things are really closely connected because yeah. like one is not one does not exist without the other and mm. they're both so strongly interrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that self-love and self-care is really, con- really strongly connected to those two as well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I can hear you giggling. <laughs> yeah. You, um, you know, the, the reason why is because we actually have an episode that my um, co-host and I did on self-love and self-care. So it's like everything you're saying today and you know, I'm just going to put this out there. We had a little bit of a challenge, you know, getting this recording going today. but I, I I kept telling myself today's today's recording is gonna be deep. Today's recording is gonna be great. And not I, I don't mean to cut you from what you were saying, Michelle, but I you sparked something inside of me. I don't know how to explain it right now, but um putting myself out there again. Um I've been kind of on a on a wave, you know, of uncertainty and low kind of rolling on this low vibration but 
what you're giving me, the life that you are pouring inside of me with this conversation, I really hope that our listeners also taps in and gets mm-hmm. it. And 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 those that are lacking um, any form of like revival or 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 whatnot, that this will be it for them because this this is definitely it for me. You could continue. I'll stop. <laughs> I won't stop you again. You can finish your statement. <laughs> I didn't even know where I was going now. Sorry. <laughs> it was probably a good thing you cut me off just in case I ran out of ammo. <laughs> you were talking about um you're talking about the uh self-love and self-care. Self-trust and self-trust, a lot and- of the conversations you've been having uh with women. Yes, yes. Um yeah, I, I really, I honestly think that those themes are all interconnected and I don't think that you can have, if you look at those as being like five points of a star and I'm just making this up as I talk, so I'm mm-hmm. going to have to and actually draw a star now and make an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you look at those as being a five points of a star, like a five-pointed star, you can't have a star without one of those points missing. Mm. So, yeah, I think there's something really big in those. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so Michelle, just one last thing. If you were a superhero, what would you call yourself? Um, the thing that comes to mind, I know we were speaking in French earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I've always loved the ring of? And actually, there's a oh, there's a much bigger story to this too. Um, I love the I love how Je m'appelle Michelle sounds. I've oh. always loved that Je m'appelle Michelle. Je m'appelle Michelle. <laughs> um, so years and years ago, I used to I did burlesque dancing, mm-hmm. and at one point I was doing a solo piece and I had to come up with a um like my own solo name, mm-hmm. and it was Je m'appelle, which is I am. I am. So, no, I think that's who my superhero would be. I think Gemma Powell, like some kind of like, I don't know, classic um, glamour icon, but really wise and worldly kind of woman. Um, I love that. Yeah. 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 Quite soulful, big heart. Well, Je m'appelle. <laughs> 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 on that note um let us know where we could find you um yeah. if somebody's looking to get in contact with you or connect yeah. with you yeah so um either through the aspire series or 55 faces okay. yeah, on insta facebook um i'm also on i've got a youtube now actually and oh, nice. uh, and linkedin linkedin is my name so michelle gardiner that is awesome. We'll also be putting down um, her information all on the description. Um, so, Michelle Gardner, thank you so much for your time. All the way in Bali, guys. Okay, we need to clap and celebrate her right now. Um, happy International Women's Day to you, to all of the women out there. And one thing I'm going to say, remember that motherhood is about creation. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. We hope that you really enjoyed this conversation. Please don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us, 
leave your reviews and your comments. Download your favorite episode. This helps Umami Conversation have more visibilities to other listeners out there that we might not be able to reach. You are the one that can help us reach them. So with your effort and our effort, we believe that Umami Conversation is going to be one of the top podcasts in the world. So until very, very soon, actually until our next episode, next Thursday, stay blessed, stay Gucci, and please keep putting a smile on your face.